You need to give away the shining light because I'm not measured on me. I'm measured on all. So the way I have success is by everyone feeling like they were the one. They're the shining star. And give up your stars and sprinkle them over everybody else so that they can all be stars. And then, of course, we will shine. Welcome to this brand new Lightbulb Moment episode brought to you in partnership with Dell Technologies, who believe in shining a light on these life-changing moments shared by incredible founders and entrepreneurs taken from my conversations of inspiration. It really is an honour to share their inspiration with you, and I hope their story impacts your own thinking as deeply as it has mine. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down. Where we're going, you won't need to bring your frown. After a slightly heart-stopping and impromptu whiz around the Brompton HQ car park on an electric bike, and by the way, I've not ridden for 20 years, I sat down to interview Will Butler-Adams, CEO, of Brompton Bikes. Insightful, witty, with a generosity of spirit that is so rare, Will is as charismatic as he is ingenious. He shared so much in his conversation, but what has stayed with me ever since has just been this approach to leadership. Across all my interviews, I don't think I've ever heard a more brilliant explanation of this crucial trait that we all need as founders, no matter the size of our business. What's refreshing about you and just sitting here with you and having our cup of tea is not like so many CEOs that I've met over my career. And I I always use the line that, you know, the E stands for ego in CEO. And often someone who strives to be a CEO, you know, the cookie cutter that stands in line and that's what they want to become one day is probably not the CEO that you actually need. But I knew the second I met you, there's this shared um, distinct lack of ego here. You are just someone who is hugely passionate about the business that you are running. What do you think makes a good CEO or just a business leader? Well, we need to remember that leaders are at every single level of the business. You don't have leadership at the top. You have leadership everywhere, all the way through the business. And to me, leadership starts with having a clear passion for where you want to go. That's the most important thing. Where are we going? What are we trying to achieve? At whatever level that might be, you know, we are going to nail this. Then it is about realizing pretty early on, and I've tried to make this the way we work at Brompton, that I'll give you an example. If you employ somebody, so I employ somebody who um, knows what a raspberry pie is, which I thought was a cake you could eat, and, um, and understands Python, which I thought was a snake. So one of them is some mini computer and the other one is some coding language. So I need those skills to, to, to get us where I want to go. So I go out and I recruit and I put a job description out. Somebody has all this knowledge I don't have. So when that person rocks up and they say to me, so what do you want me to do? I look at them like a, they're a complete frog. And I say, well, there's no point asking me that, mate. I haven't got a flipping clue. That's why I employed you, you muppet. I've got no idea what I want you to do. I just know that I want to get there. Now, what you need to do is tell me what you need to get us there. So my job, having decided where we're going, is to work for my staff to give them the ability to fulfill their potential to help us get there. But it is in no way to march around telling people what to do because I haven't got a clue. They've got the knowledge. And that 
has to happen at every level in the organization. That's, that's relatively easy. It's a bit weird, but relatively easy from a management sort of perspective. But in a manufacturing perspective, mm. it's been really hard because there's a tradition of, you know, I'm gaffer, you know, you do what you're told because around here, I know what's going on. And, you know, and that's not what we want. We want you know, empowering our people because they're doing it. Of course, they know what's better. They've been doing it for eight hours and, you know, they're doing it in their sleep. And that's hard because it's not normal. And you need to be vulnerable. You need to give away the the, the shining light because I'm not measured on me. I'm measured on all. Mm. So the way I have success is by everyone feeling like they were the one. They're the shining mm. star. Mm. And give up your stars and sprinkle them over everybody else so that they can all be stars. And then, of course, we will shine. But, you know, again, it's, it's, it's fairly obvious, but maybe not normal. I don't think it is normal. From our brief moments on that panel, I knew that you were pretty special. Tell me, do you build that into the culture of this organisation? Because, as you said, that is a quite a difficult different way of looking at things when you're bringing in external people there's a way that people are traditionally taught tell me about how you've been able to let people feel empowered by this so the tone of the company is set by the ceo to me i ha i have to deliberately be ineffectual in some respect in some respects if I'm too good, if I'm too strong, then I don't need help. Then people don't feel like they can really lead themselves. So I'm very passionate. I'm very clear on where we want to go. If people ask for direction, I I'm very clear. But I virtually make it my business to come across as, as like I don't know and I need help. And actually, I do need quite a lot of help, to be fair. But, but, <laughs> but it's something like that. And then, then how do you bring that further down the organization? Mm. So I, I am an engineer by background, and I spend my time mostly looking over the business. But it's very important to quite regularly go very deep mm -hmm. in your organization in different areas and choose a particular thread and follow it right to the end so that your team know you care about the detail. And when you do that, you need to remind people, remind your staff, and, and just be blindingly obvious about how they manage, how they engage with their team, what are their meetings like. Anyone, I had one of my guys who's, who's a temp, he's been with us for three months. I was having my lunch today and he was telling me about something that was worrying him. You know, and that's exactly what I want. If a temp who's been here for three months knows I'm the CEO and can sit down and, and we're just munching our lunch and he can chat to me, mm. then that's one little thing that I will follow. That's a little thread that I will follow. A customer sends me something from Japan on WeChat and that's a little thread and I will follow it right to the end and, and care about that detail. And that means a huge amount to the staff and, and it sets a tone. I think one of the most beautiful things about running a business or something to very much look forward to is the opportunity to lead. I'd say that really all businesses, if it's going to become the life raft of your life, 
needs a team, which I know scares some people, maybe feels unattainable right now, but it's something that all founders need to realise and work towards if you want to have a company that scales, fulfills your dreams, and let's face it, pays for you to live the life you want. But back to being the boss. I'll always remember when Will spoke about the idea of sprinkling all the glory and magic on the team, not just looking to one's own brilliance of achievements. And it was a frigging wonderful moment to absorb because I myself learned and reflected so much when interviewing this most amazing founder, Yes, Will, it is all about the all and not about the me. But that's taken time to realise and what a journey I've had with this concept. You see, I was 28 when I started Not On The High Street and really that was my first leadership experience. You know, sure, I'd had people work for me before then, but that was in the corporate world and so, so different. And because of my age, I was hardly some big shot. And so those who worked under this manager were pretty junior, so you couldn't really mess it up. It was a whole different experience setting up my own business. Because to start with, so many of the people I worked with were friends, family or both. And that takes a certain type of tightrope walking, setting vision, watching out for flaws, but also able to have Sunday lunch together. But as time went on, the business started to be able to hire more experts, or at least I suppose folk that could concentrate on one area rather than being a Jill or Jack of all trades. This meant for me that I needed to know better than them. I unfortunately didn't know any wise Will Butler Adams at this point in my career. I was so full of this imposter syndrome, the wheels and bolts, even the steering wheel was coming off the business. We were growing so quickly, needing more and more expert help, and I was overwhelmed with what I was expecting myself to know. As we matured further, the big guns started to be employed and sat around what is called the C-suite table. People on big salaries from big companies with supposedly incredible experience that would help us. As this was quite a few years into me being the boss, I did at this point, well, I suppose I had no choice. I accepted that I couldn't know it all anymore, that this was the point they were required to know more. It took everything to let go and trust, if I'm honest. I was, as Will said, very vulnerable and actually got comfortable in being a visionary and founder who could make the final decisions. But beware the plausible idiot. I wish I'd come up with that phrase, by the way, but it's from this neat little book called Wine Bar Theory by David Gilbertson, where it brought my attention to those who are meant to know the knowledge, the team, the brand, and where you could leave them to it. But painfully, I found out you can't. Here's a little extract from this magical book. Nine times out of ten, when you promote someone who you already know is talented and effective, it works out well for the business and for them. If even half of the senior people you decide to bring in from the outside world turn out to be any good, then you are doing quite well. That's because you will often hire the plausible idiot. 
Plausible idiots are just about the most dangerous people you can hire. They are much worse than the people who are limited to what they can do. People who come in from the outside and are senior are often deemed to be geniuses from another galaxy. The business sits back and waits for their supernatural excellence to appear. And if it doesn't, it can take a year for everyone to realise. How fascinating is that? And again, I wish I'd had that pocketbook at the time. So many founders I've spoken to are looking to hire that silver bullet, that magical person, that person from out of space who can solve all of the problems. But let me tell you something I know to be true. There is no such person and the more senior they become, the less likely they are right for you. If I fast forward to the magical people at Holly & Co and the 17 years that I've now led, it takes a mix of all of my experience, I believe, to be the leader that people want to be led by. This is the boss I believe I am today, well I hope I am today, but I'm well aware I'll mature and change again, just as I have since that 28-year-old young woman cut her teeth. Firstly, Nothing beats hunger and passion and a want to improve and learn when hiring. So our team is made up, yes, of people with skills, but they A, adore what they do, B, have a desire to take the next run up within this business, which means they have to nail their existing jobs and then almost promote themselves to the next run of the ladder. And C, they care tremendously for what we stand for. They and I need to be vulnerable and to be comfortable with not always having it right the whole time. We'll have bumps and tears, but that's okay. But the main job I have is threefold. It's to blow away all cobwebs on a constant basis and make sure that the glorious future and vision is set and shown to the team in technicolour. It's also to set the tone, as Will so brilliantly pointed out, which means clarifying and promoting why we behave as we do, pointing out what we all care about and make sure that the air that we breathe contains creativity, thoughtfulness, empowerment, community and so on. But lastly, it's to be that person who calls things. Either that's having the hideous conversation with someone who's not working out or ripping up, very nicely ripping up, work people have crafted hard on as it doesn't solve our issues or it's making changes in 24 hours, hiring expert and always being that person who keeps an eye on the virtual and totally made up, by the way, minority report screens of the business. Think Tom Cruise ready at any point to make choice, change and cool it. So I leave you with how we started and possibly one of the most beautiful things anyone's ever said on this podcast. Give up your stars and sprinkle them on all so that we all shine together. A big thank you to Dell Technologies who've bought us this episode today. I hope you enjoyed this light bulb moment. To listen to the full episode of me speaking with Will Butler Adams, CEO of Brompton Bikes, or any of our past founders, 
Search Conversations of Inspiration wherever you get your podcasts. And if this episode has helped you on your journey, I'd be super grateful if you might rate and review to help us reach even more people. Thank you.